Welcome back. We have covered a lot of things regarding perimenopause and menopause. And what I've left out is what to do about it. So I've tried to explain a little bit about what's going on without getting too in depth, because I really don't think that people care about what's going on, or I don't think that they will remember what's going on hormonally. But I think what I want you to understand is that it's really most, if not all of your symptoms are coming from an inflammatory response. And therefore it would make sense to alleviate some of those symptoms. We would do everything that we can to decrease the inflammatory cytokines and interleukins that are, are released because of these changes going on at this time. So I'm not going to review the first ones. I hope you go back and just listen instead. But what I want to cover today is what you should do about your diet, what you should do about your exercise, and what should you do about your supplementation at this point in time. And so um, I'm mostly talking about perimenopause when it comes to the supplementation, but we'll we'll get there. So let's let's start with the diet. Now, again, I want to just remind you that we're we're trying to mitigate an inflammatory response. And so technically you could look up anti anti-inflammatory diet, and that would be pretty close to what you should be following at this time. So um, this isn't necessarily anything that is wildly different than what I've been speaking out in the past and speaking about in the past. And, and instead, what I want you to know is that it becomes extremely vital at this point in time to be controlling your inflammation because of the downward spiral that it can have on your health. So as far as the diet is concerned, this is this is fairly boring information that I will give you, but I want to link it to the the why around it. First and foremost, I think it's really smart for people to do some sort of intermittent fasting during this time. I think that that will help relieve a lot of the symptoms and it will help a lot with the weight gain portion. But the reason for the fasting is simple. Food is something that is external that we are putting on the inside of our body. Therefore, we are consuming chemicals and phytochemicals and toxins, and all of those things are going to have an inflammatory response on our body. Now we need to eat so we know our body knows how to handle this inflammation. But you should know that every since every time you eat, you're causing a little bit of an inflammatory response, it's smart to take a break from eating. Just, just take a break. I think, I think it's a really good practice that I won't necessarily even get into, but, but I think our bodies need, need a break from the constant influx of external chemicals and toxins. So as far as the diet is concerned, first and foremost, I, I try to make sure that people are doing some sort of intermittent fasting. I prefer the 16-8 approach, maybe the 18-6 I'm not saying that you need to do 48 or 72 hours, though that's fantastic if you'd like to dabble into that realm. But but ask a professional because I think that everybody should be on their own plan instead of what I'm telling the, the whole population right now. So first and foremost, like I said, intermittent fast of some sort, 16, 8, 18, 6 is great. And that simply means you're not eating for 16 hours and then you are eating for the course of the eight hours which really does still leave you with two to three meals. They're just a little bit closer together. Second, macronutrients. So at this point in time in your life, 
uh, getting our macro macronutrients correct as far as percentages goes matters more than the amount that you, the total amount that you consume. So I am not here to talk about how much you should be eating. I want to tell you what, basically what your plate should look like or the, the pie chart of your day when it comes to macronutrients. Protein is king and always will be king. We need to consume that two or three times out of the day. And that does need to be between 25 and 30 grams, which would lead you to about 20 to 25% of your daily calories. Secondary to that is fairly low carb, 10 to 15% of carbs. I'm going to talk a lot about that next because the rest is considered fats. Now, if you look at that, as far as a pie chart goes, you're looking at 60 to 70% of the, of the pie, you know, that's, that's a huge piece of the pie. Then you've got this tiny little 10 to 15% carbohydrate, and then a fairly moderate 20 to 25% protein. So that composition is going to yield the least amount of inflammation in your body and even fight inflammation. So let's talk about what those should be though. And this is, this is the most important piece is that it has to be that, that 60 to 70% fats has to be healthy fats. We're talking seeds, nuts, avocados, oils, olives, coconut oils, those sorts of fats instead of your more commonly eaten, let's say, cheeses and saturated fats, which means your carbohydrates at 10 or 15% of your calories has to be all fruits and vegetables. And that seems fairly obvious. Like fruits and vegetables are all, are all packed with fiber and micronutrients and macronutrients. And, and those are what are fighting the inflammatory response in your body. So we need to jam pack your body with as many colors as we can get to fight inflammation, then take in a majority of your food as healthy fats, and then support your muscle and bone structure with the the appropriate amount of protein. So that's what we're going for as, as far as the diet is concerned, is a little bit of fasting um, to mitigate the inflammatory response, and then the appropriate uh, shift, I guess, in macronutrients. Uh, um, usually the question that I get here is, so basically you're wanting me to go ketogenic. Um, I'm not wanting you to go ketogenic. It would be actually very different in structure. If, if I wanted you to go ketogenic, I also would care a lot less about what the fats were. Um, you could on a ketogenic diet, do all beef and bacon and cheese and dairy and kind of anything goes for a weight loss plan. And and that will work, but not at all what I'm asking you to do, even though the quote unquote pie chart looks heavily, uh, heavy on fat, but most often that 10 to 10 to 15% carbs that are filled with fruits and veggies will end up yielding between 50 and 90 grams of carbohydrates, which is not ketogenic at all. Um, the other questions that I tend to get here are, okay, tell me about alcohol. So alcohol will, will bring on inflammation. So you can make a call there. Uh, if you are going to then choose your, uh, you know, champagne is better than wine. White wine is better than red wine. Red wine is better than beer. So that's usually what we, what we shoot for as far as alcohol goes. And the same rings true, uh, that I've said uh, multiple times on on my podcast is that 
look, you, you know that it does nothing good for your, to your body as far as health and wellness is concerned. So, um, the, the least amount is best, but I get it. And so if you're right now consuming eight a week, then cut it down to five. If you're consuming five, then cut it down to two. Just challenge yourself in that just a little bit. Uh, and then the only other question that I usually get here is, uh, regarding the carbohydrates and people wanting to understand, you know, why they can't do even healthy grains, you know, your, your oatmeal and rice and things like that. Well, while those are healthy, if you were to plug those in instead of those fruits and vegetables, like if all you did was swap that out, like if you took out all 60 grams of carbohydrates from your fruits and vegetables, you just took that out and you put in 60 grams worth of rice in your day, that would probably yield inflammation and weight gain, even though it's fairly isocaloric. Swap that 60 grams of rice out and put in all fruits and vegetables as 60 grams, and you would probably see weight loss. And that is where calories matter a lot less and what you are consuming matters a lot more during this time. Okay, so that is diet. Let's move on to exercise. This is fairly simple. It's very prescriptive. It has a ton of research behind it. So really nobody even fights back on this, um, is that the worst thing you could do for exercise during this time is to do long distance cardiovascular activity. You are making everything worse. You are increasing inflammation. Um, you are flaring up joints and you are just burning calories when caloric burn is, is not necessarily the issue going on. Instead, what we need to do is have short bursts of sprints. So high intensity sort of interval training. Why is that? Be the, the gist of it is, is that the hormones that are produced during high intensity training, things like, things like human growth hormone are released, estrogen drops for uh, a little while after, for 24 to 36 hours after activity. Um, and it doesn't really have any effect on any of the trophic hormones as well. So all of it is a positive effect while doing steady state or long distance cardio has the opposite of those effects. It, it suppresses HGH, it increases estrogen. It, it does the opposite of, of high intensity training. And then because of bone density decreasing during this time, we usually say lift as heavy as you can. Like nobody has gotten to the end of their life and been like, man, I wish I didn't have as much muscle on me ever. And so lift as heavy as you can for as long as you can without, you know, going, going to bed in pain every night. Cause then you won't sleep very well. That'll have a whole <laughs> different set of issues, I guess. So we need to keep, keep lifting heavy, mostly because of bone density, but also because we need to maintain our muscle mass. Okay. Last thing, supplements, this one hard because you really need to be on an individualized plan for supplements. I, you know, it really depends on what symptoms you're having, which ones you're not having, how bad they are. Um, but the only thing that I can kind of recommend across the board is to increase your omega threes, because like I said, we are, we are talking about an inflammatory response. So increasing your omega threes and making sure that your vitamin D levels are checked and in check. Uh, if you need to, to take vitamin D because of your 
levels, I advise it because vitamin D is also a hormone that is affecting your other hormones. So, um, so this one's really quick because as far as supplements go, I I can't say something that should just be across the board except for omegas. Um, and then, and then please talk, talk to somebody about what you should be taking individually based on your, your own symptoms. So this was just a really quick, what to do about all the things that I have been talking about. And I hope it makes sense when you view it as an inflammatory issue. That's what it is. That's where all of your symptoms are coming from. And yes, that is because of a hormone shift. But if we treat it as an inflammatory condition, those symptoms come down. This is inevitable. And it's a huge piece of your life. It's a huge timeline of your life. And so take it seriously and and cut out the sugars and cut out the grains and do some fasting, do some high intensity training. You will feel better if you do all of those things. Your symptoms will come down. You'll feel a lot less crazy. Thanks for listening.